0: Good morning, everyone. Um, If you want to grab your Bible and turn to page 1002, that's where this morning's reading's from. Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight paths for him. And so, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of the repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the river Jordan. John wore clothing made of camel's hair, with a leather belt round his waist, and he ate locusts and honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit."
1: Thank you very much. Um, uh, as Judith said, if you've got one of these sheets and you want to write notes, and there is a little section uh, in the middle for you to do so. If you've not got a pen, uh, there are about three pens in each row, sort of scattered around, so there might be one in front of you or behind you. Uh, if you want to uh, find those, uh, then please do grab one uh, as well. Now, I wonder, um, what's the, the best piece of news that you've been given? The buffets open. That was a good one for me. Um, England drew the Ashes. It's another sort of I don't know temporary one, isn't it? No, okay. okay a, a bit more uh, seriously. Will you marry me? Uh, it's a girl. You're all clear. Uh, it's news, isn't it? Which um, has profound shaping for our lives. It's news that has power. Now, those have power, don't they? Not because the words are special. It's not as if they have some magic sort of Harry Potter spell. You say the right words in the right way, and out comes the outcome. No, they're powerful and special because of the content. Because of what they mean. Uh, And the good news of Jesus is exactly the same. It's special and powerful, not because it's a magic spell. You you say the right words in the right order and something will happen. No, it's the content. The content That means that it is uh, the best news that there ever was. Uh, And over the course of uh, this term, these uh, weeks building up to Easter... Uh, We're going to unashamedly be looking at this message in Mark's gospel. Uh, We're doing that in the morning and in the evening, we're continuing looking at Luke's gospel. Uh, We want to just very clearly have our gaze set onto the key events of the life of Jesus. Uh, Next week, we're going to jump forward to chapter 7. And then we're going to walk with Mark all the way to the triumphal entry in chapter 11, which we will land on on Palm Sunday and then go to 15 and 16 the following weekend for Easter. Uh, So this morning, really, it is a bit of an introduction uh, to this series. Uh, And to do that, we're going to use Mark's introduction uh, in chapter 1. And this morning, we're really only going to be looking at that first verse, verse 1. In the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Uh, And it's my prayer that as we spend a few minutes looking at this verse that we'll begin again to delight in Jesus, delight in the message of Jesus, so that we may overflow with hope. So with that in mind, let's pray uh, as we begin. Father, we thank you for this good news. We thank you that it's uh, life-changing news And we pray this morning as we hear perhaps familiar words that you would once again grab our minds and our hearts to delight in you and to overflow with hope in this good news. Amen. Now, being a Christian is all about uh, good news. Uh, It's good news. Uh, that's the, the main focus uh, of what it means to be a Christian. Uh, and everything Mark is going to tell us is about good news. And when he talks about good news, uh, he doesn't mean, oh, it's, it's good news that it's not raining today, it's nice and sunny. Or, or, or it's, it's good news that uh, I, I passed my driving test. Or it's good news that I got into that university or, or, or got my job No, the sort of news he's talking about it is life changing, world altering news. Uh, the word here would have been you say, look, this is a, a proclamation of victory. They say, look, here, the good news, the battle is over. Uh, the war has been won. Uh, and this good news uh, is changing the world news. It's world news that says there is going to be no more wars. It's news that says that you don't need to worry. It's news that says that feeling of shame and isolation and pain will come to an end. It's news that says there is a day of no more tears. And I guess for most of us we know that when we Here, we think the mess of Jesus means it is good news. But I wonder, do we always feel it? Does our our head and our heart always match up? Are we in danger of just seeing as it's a bit dry? Well, this morning, we're just going to focus again on the person of Jesus, the real person of Jesus. As we gather today, we're, we're, we're not thinking about some sort of ethereal ideas in the sky. Uh, some sort of vague notion of, of, of this is what you've got to do. We're, we're thinking about a real man who really lived, who really was a baby, who walked and talked this earth, who our hope is founded in a real person. And his name is Jesus. <laughs> Our hope's about a man who's the Messiah and the Son of God. And so that's the first thing. Jesus, the Messiah. Messiah, meaning uh, the, the one who's come to save. But save from what? Again, I think for most of us, it probably trips off the tongue. Jesus has come to save us from our sins. And it just sort of flows, but, but do we really appreciate what that means? This isn't some sort of maths equation, uh, our sin plus Jesus e- equals forgiveness. Now yes, we need to know this truth. We need to know it deep down, but we also need to feel it deep down. This isn't just a dry maths equation. This is a real person who has achieved a real Forgiveness. Because I know sometimes I'm guilty of of presuming on the gospel of just thinking, yeah, I know I'm a sinner and Jesus saved me. And I move on almost too quickly. But we can't forget. That the cost of our sin meant the death of God's own son. So that today in our 21st century Uh, UK culture amongst all of our respectability and morality the truth is that it's still my sin and if it was just me it would be my sin that would need the son of God's death upon the cross and there's nothing I can do to pay for my sin there's no work no power no money, nothing that I can do. I'm hopeless. We are guilty. And it's worth, just worth taking a moment to ponder that afresh. Standing on our own two feet, we are in need of a saviour, in need of a messiah, Mark 1, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. Yes, we are in need. Yes, our sin is great, but his love is greater. Uh, Yes, our, our debt is large, but his mercy is more. There is more love, grace and forgiveness in God than there is sin in you and so today Sunday the 9th of January 2022 we can stand as those forgiven those who are loved those who are cherished those who have been brought near because we have a Messiah and his name is Jesus and that is true today tomorrow next week and for eternity Jesus is the Messiah, the only hope for the world. But also, Jesus, the Son of God. We say his words often, don't we? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. That is to say, I believe that that Jesus is God. But again, those words are very, very deep, aren't they? We're saying that the man, the man who lived 2,000 years ago, it is not just a, a human. But if you were to look into the eyes of Jesus, you'd be looking into the eyes of God. It's a statement that changes all of life. And it's a statement of great importance. Because in those moments, in the cold light of day, when perhaps we think, is... Is it enough to trust Jesus? All of this stuff that, that's going on in my life, and, and I'm there to, to say that if I trust in Jesus, if I put my hope in him, he will get through it. He'll get me through it. Is that enough? Can, can I trust the promises? Mark 1 verse 1, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, Because Jesus is the one who who crafted the universe with his hands, who flung stars into space, who who became a babe in the manger, who lived, who died, who rose again and is ascended on high. He is uniquely qualified to carry out and fulfill his promises. He is not just a man. He's not a man sort of Knocking on God's door saying, please do something for these people. No, he is God himself who has entered our world, come into our world. And says, I will bring you home. You can have absolute confidence, absolute guarantee that all the promises Jesus make, he will complete. Because he is the son of God. God. Uh, And so we stand as those who who say Christianity is not about a a set of rules to be followed. It's not about pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. It's not a a better way of life. No, uh, Christianity is a declaration of God's good news in the person of Jesus. It is the best news the world needs to hear. Now, sometimes um, I sort of sometimes might think that the, the gospel is a bit like chocolate. So um, if you've got a big old box of chocolates, if I can find the entrance, there you go, you're kind of quite keen to share it. Do you want one, There you go. That's fine. Going on, Charlotte girl. I'm going to be quite quick. Any going on? You if sat at the front, you see. But, uh, anyone there going on? Take stuff going? No. I think here. There you go. Do you want to share it? But then you start to think, actually, I'm running out a little bit, so I'm um, sorry, I'm just going um, gonna to hold on to it a bit and come over here. Um, because w- when we're feeling kind and generous, it's quite nice to give out chocolates. But then sometimes I'm actually, I don't have much and I kind of want to keep it to myself. And, you know, it doesn't actually matter that too much anyway. I mean, you're not going to starve, are you? Um, but that's not the gospel. The gospel's not chocolate, a nice addition to our life that doesn't make too much difference. No. The gospel is oxygen. It is literally the air that we breathe, that we need it. It's not a kind of a nice additional extra for our lives. It is a necessity for each and every person. And without it, we'll die. The gospel is needed. Now, at Bishop Huntington, we've always thought to, to have the gospel at the center of all that we do, of longing to, to make Christ known, to, to make disciples of Christ and brighten and hope and for the world. But over these coming months, we, we, we really want to have a, a special focus, to, to focus even a, a bit more our gaze upon this message and the importance of it. Uh, and so that's why, uh, uh, over the course of these next few months, we are preaching through Mark and Luke. We're unashamedly saying, "Look, we're going to just put our focus straight on the absolute message of the gospels of hearing that, of knowing that. And then in April, uh, we're going to say, actually, we want every service in April to be a time when anybody who, who might not call themselves a Christian or, or, or not be from of church can come and to hear of Jesus." It might be that you want to say to your friends, you know, why not come back to church? It's Easter. Come back here. And we hope that every service in April, morning and evening, will be especially appropriate for guests. And then in our small groups, starting at the end of January, we're going to be looking at Hope Explored. It's the latest course that's come out of the Christianity Explored stable. It's just three sessions long. And the reason we're doing it in our small groups is that we want to encourage one another with the gospel. We want to encourage one another with this good news. To remind of it, because sometimes we forget. But also to say, look, actually, you've got the videos. It's only three sessions long. You you could do it for somebody else. You've done it once. Why not go do it for someone else? Uh, And then in March, the 25th and 26th, Uh, We've got Paul Oguyemi, I said that correctly, uh, who's from the church army, who's uh, got a great heart to help us tell others uh, about Jesus. So that's the 25th and 26th of March. And then uh, the 8th of April, Jonathan Aitken, uh, the former MP, is going to be coming here to share his story, but also the story of hope that we have uh, in Christ. And then the 26th of April we'll uh, be starting we trust uh, an alpha course in person with food uh, next door uh, for 6 weeks because we want to do all that we can to hold out the good news of, of Jesus to a world that needs to hear it and these events are really good and that's why we want to put them on but let me say this that is not normal christian outreach it is not normal christian outreach Normal Christian outreach is as each one of us head out into our world and are walking, talking ambassadors, witnesses of this good news and hope. As we go into our places and share through word and deed uh, about this good news. Uh, Some folk went to the Sussex Gospel Partnership conference uh, in October last year. And there a man called Mark Green talks about having front lines. And what he means by that is any area of life where we're, uh, I suppose, coming into contact with those who aren't Christians, who don't have the hope of Jesus. uh, And we all have front lines. So for some of us, it might be our family. It could be our children, our young children even. It could be parents, siblings, aunties, uncles. It could be our workplaces, our our neighborhoods, the place that we live, our our social clubs, uh, anywhere where we are in and amongst seeking to share Jesus. When I used to work for a church before college, um, I remember I was preaching through Luke's gospel, I think it was, and I was painfully aware of how Jesus is there just Walking in and amongst people. And there I am as a preacher. And, and to be honest, I didn't really know that many people who were outside of my sphere. Because it's just much easier to sometimes meet Christians. And so then when I went to, to college, I, I wanted to, to make sure that actually uh, I joined a badminton club. So I could have fun, because it's good to have fun. But also to, to be a bit more out and have a front line. And then coming here, I, I wanted to do the same, but then because of Covid and, uh, because of Diary and because of my own laziness, it's not happened as I'd hoped it would be. And so the question that I've got to ask myself is to be, say, Ben, honestly, how, how many and of what quality are my relationships with those who are outside of the church? Maybe it's a question you might want to ask yourself as well. Uh, And then also, uh, when was the last time I used the name Jesus outside of a church context? And then maybe we realize that maybe our front lines are a little bit too well protected. Not as front as they could be. And so maybe, actually, for me included, we've got to think, actually, how can I, how can we, what's going to be my step to, to, to give myself more front lines? As I said, maybe, actually, your family. And if you've got small children, maybe that is your biggest front line, is with your children. Or maybe it might be saying, actually, I'm going to go and join a social club, a, a book club, a sports team, because I want to have fun, but actually, I also want to be rubbing shoulders with those who don't have this hope. Now, all of these things that we've said, they will all be completely fruitless unless we pray. This isn't the beginning of the good news about Ben Martin, the Messiah, the son of God. This is the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God. He's the one who does the work, not me. It's his news, not mine. And so that's why I need to pray. And so all of you hopefully had one of these little cards when you were coming in. They, they're branded the same way as our verse of the year cards, but it's one key difference. Uh, on this side, it doesn't have the sub points. It's got three blank lines. And the reason for that is that I'd, I'd love us to, to write some names of people who we're going to pray for this year. So as I said actually there are pens in the chairs uh, around you. So why not grab the card and let's do it now. Um, just if you've got a pen don't you can do it later but just take it just just take one minute and think who are the people that I want to pray for this year it, it might be people you rub shoulders with or actually it could equally be your brother or your sister who, who live a long way away that's fine but we need to pray so let's just spend just one minute now just thinking who are we going to pray for this year and if you've got a card if you've got a pen why not write it down Just as you think or pray, let me right. Let me just pray now uh, for those individuals that you're thinking of, Father. Those that are upon our hearts, whether we've written them down or not, Lord, help us to to persevere in prayer. Help us not to uh, forget that we are wholly dependent upon you. And Lord, we pray that this that you may do amazing things, whether that is in these next few months or whether it is the next few years. Help us to pray, and as we do, may you do the amazing work of declaring your good news and helping people to see that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Amen. Um, One of the very earliest Christian symbols was the fish. It wasn't the cross, it was the fish. It was written on buildings where Christians would meet. It was kind of a, a secret code where this, this is where Christians meet, or, or on tombs where this was somebody who, who was a Christian. And the reason it was a fish was because of um, the name, Ichthus. Uh, and in Greek, it was an acrostic. It was Jesus Christos Theo uh, Heos Soter, or Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Savior. The very heart of the gospel, the very heart of Mark 1 1 that, that Jesus is the man who's come to be the Messiah, who is God's own Son, who is the Savior of the world. That's the message that we need to cling to. It's the reason that we have hope. It's the good news that today, tomorrow, we will be held and brought home because Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, Saviour. And it's the message, it's the oxygen the world needs to hear. Now, I don't have a fish on my car, which is probably a good thing. (laughs) But I do need to think, how can I stand out in this world? How can I metaphorically, if you will, wear a fish so that people know that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, the Saviour? What will it mean for me to pray and to act and to hold out this hope as we look ahead to Easter, but actually as we look ahead to the return of the Lord Jesus? Let us pray uh, as we close. Father, we thank you for this good news. We thank you. That we can have absolute confidence that because Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, all of your promises will be true. We will be held, will be kept. We are forgiven. And in light of that, Lord, in light of our standing before you, well up in us that delight, that hope, so we can hold it out to the world. Give us your eyes, your concern for the world. So we will do all that we can in word and deed to make Christ known. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.